0: all right cool welcome back to the 3f podcast as always your host timothy clayton cornell uh and today i have a very special guest uh good friend connor how's it going man
1: doing great man honored to be on pumped we talked about it for what months now yeah probably a few months active listener too i was definitely i think i was one of the guys that was like dude if you made a podcast i would definitely Mm -hmm. listen
0: yeah, I think uh, going back all the way to to Jeff being my co-host on the first to uh, twenty odd episodes uh, before he moved down to Florida and had some other things in life going on. Playing rugby with with you up in Delaware definitely, oh yeah, uh, definitely was a big thing. And so yes, we did play rugby together. We'll get to that in a second. But as <laughs> always, I got to do my show introductions. Connor, what are you drinking today?
1: I'm drinking on water.
0: <laughs> That's it. Well. As always, I am chasing a sponsorship from Zevia. We are on episode 32 of requesting Zevia to be a sponsor. Uh, maybe one day I will have a, a free drink in my hand and not have to buy them from Whole Foods.
1: Yeah, well, they got to cut the check.
0: I I, I don't <laughs> want to check. I just want like a free 12 pack a month. That's all I want. <laughs> That's I don't need a check. I just give me some root beer, especially because root beer is hard to find right now, uh, or some cream soda and I'll be happy. It's like You've my only it. soda I drink.
1: Get this man a case so he can have one per episode. That is that is all I
0: need. <laughs> um, also, thank you to the actual show sponsors, uh, Rugby Department. Uh, thank you, Isagenix. I actually have, if you guys can hear this, my Isagenix order came in today. So I'm excited to have my monthly subs from Isagenix. Uh And also thank you, Huckle, uh, being an amazing sponsor as our last six or so episodes have been focused on some of the Huckle platform and the people involved with that. So we talked to, we just talked about how we met playing rugby. You were on the first team that ever introduced me to league with the Delaware Black Foxes. So shout out to Ian Uh, and uh, Bjorn. It's his birthday today. I don't know if you knew that. It's Bjorn's birthday.
1: Did I saw in the chat. Happy birthday to the owner of the Foxes.
0: So, um, but you and I played rugby together. Uh, Also my first uh, year and a half break. First game back together um so we've we've done quite a few things together hopefully hopefully i can do something with you this summer travel up from south carolina to delaware to play with you guys again um but mm-hmm. you and i just a, i want to do a quick story before we get into today we traveled down to play what was a then pro team out of atlanta and charlotte um the black foxes oh, went down yes. to face the rhinos the 1st uh,
1: preseason trip
0: and uh we got pretty destroyed uh, it was not a pretty final score
1: no, no, it doesn't help when uh, the roster you bring down is not the one you've been practicing with. Uh, you pick up three guys, four guys while you're down there.
0: Yeah, we have four, four uh, of our guys from a local club that had never even practiced league.
1: And then I believe, I want to say, I know definitely me and you, uh, but I don't know how many others. It was their first rugby league game. Yep. So it was definitely, I would have liked to take them on later in the season with our roster. I'm not saying we would have won, but well, a lot better. Definitely would have been yeah. a lot better.
0: It would it would have been a lot more fun to watch, yeah, and definitely a a more favorable score line. I think it was sixty something to ten. Um, so let let's let's get those uh a little closer, maybe like thirty to uh, 30 to (laughs) sixteen or something like that would have been nice. Um, but
1: hey, it's uh, what happens when when me and you, who are are, I would say in non cockiness, uh, pretty talented union players, but just when you don't know what the game you're playing. It's hard to do good in it
0: yeah and I'll definitely say uh just on the the rugby side that was my first game in two years as well because COVID happened and then as soon as we were allowed to play rugby again I had my Liz Franck injury in my foot so I didn't play that was actually my first game back since before COVID so
1: yeah so it was just I it was doomed from the start I believe yeah
0: <laughs> and yeah it's it's been crazy and now uh Got some league rolling back up in uh, Delaware. You guys got some good things coming up there. Oh, yeah. Uh, everyone, if you don't follow Delaware Black Foxes, they, they're just a great organization to follow. Got me started in league. Got me introduced to Garen, uh, who was on the episode recently, as well as got me into the Carolina development group, rugby group. Uh, so some big things there. If you're in the Northeast, you guys got hopefully a lot of good games coming this fall with uh, with New York, with Boston, and with D.C.
1: as well hmm It's uh, in the Rugby League United. It, I guess it's our, I don't want to call it a league, but it's just a band of a couple teams that we just want to play rugby, get the politics out of it, and just play. So trying to have at least, I want to say, six games. If I just saw the schedule, don't know if it's officially posted yet, but definitely a lot of games coming out uh, of everyone's way.
0: Gotcha. So let's rewind to about a year and a half ago. Uh, people, you guys will understand what the purpose of today's episode is. It's not just a small chit chat. Uh, episode with me and a friend but it will be some of that in there um so let's go back to around the time that you and I started playing rugby together with the Black Foxes uh summer of 2021 can you just Mm kind of tell me without going into detail about what happened um what how would you like say you you went about your life when because I know you were in school at the time went about rugby went about school went about relationships well like how, how did you view your life and how you went about everything
1: um I was uh so it was 2021 summer I was just finished junior year, heading into senior year. Um, you know, back then I probably would have called myself uh, mature and and all these different things, but um, now if I if I can say from this standpoint, I was not a very mature <laughs> person at that time. I was uh, going into senior year. Uh, all I was doing was going to school, but that was half online because COVID was still having its lingering effects, at a, especially at a small university. Which shout out Newman Newman University in uh, Aston, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um and then I was I was working at a gym. So I was just working out constantly in great shape. And uh Dante, one of our other teammates, told me about rugby league and come out and try it. And then I, I did. I started practicing with you guys and I, I fell in love within the first couple of weeks of practice, especially even though it wasn't a great game after that Atlanta game. I, I fell in love with rugby league.
0: Yeah, I will say a a now pro player uh, steamrolled me for the Atlanta try. I can't ever pronounce his name. I know he plays, I believe it's Nigeria sevens, but he now plays for Life University. Um, His Instagram name is like Fredo Gomo along those lines. Uh, But prior NFL running back steamrolled me into the try zone uh, for him to score, uh, which was uh, even though that was like my first or second hit of the game, it was it it got me hooked back in rugby. I missed it so much.
1: Oh yeah, because every time you have one of those hits, you just can't wait to make that your hit next. It's like, all right, I got I got pushed in the ground. I gotta get it back on the next play.
0: Exactly. So you think you think you're mature, you think you got some stuff going, you're going in your senior year. So mm-hmm. with whatever level you're comfortable sharing, can you tell people just what happened?
1: Yeah. So uh it was this this past summer. Um, again, I, I, had just recently graduated in May. Um, we had, I was just playing rugby. Uh, I was doing manual labor with my brother. Um, I, cause I wasn't applying for teaching jobs yet, but that is, uh, that is what I graduated in. So, but since it was summer, I wasn't, I wasn't working yet. So I was doing a uh, manual labor and just rugby and still was acting like a, like a kid. And, uh, Enjoying time until the real adult world hit me. But uh, we had a rugby tournament. Uh, It was up in Northern Delaware at Wilmington's Field, but we didn't actually host the tournament. Um, I forget the name because I always confuse the two that are at the same location. But pretty much Wilmington had entered a team and then the Black Foxes had brought in their jerseys and entered kind of like a second Wilmington team. And uh, we were all kind of mixed-matching, playing different games. I think I played in almost every game including one playoff game and it was a sevens tournament and this was also the morning after the and this is why it's significant it uh it was the ireland new zealand game three of their test series over the summer um and then right after that was a Parramatta eels game if you don't know they're on my hat right here but um They're my favorite rugby league team. And then Ireland, obviously, as my background, I always want to watch their games. And it was a history-making game because of the uh, circumstances. And I didn't didn't get any sleep. So the Ireland game started at 3 a.m. And I said, you know what? If I'm not asleep by then, I'm just going to stay up and watch it. And then by the time that ended, the Parramatta game came on. And I watched that. And then when that game was over, I pretty much had enough time to make breakfast, get dressed, and get on the road for my tournament. So running on zero hours of sleep. And then, like I said, I get to the tournament. I play for both teams. Uh, exhausting, exhausting, long day. And then after all the rugby teams, if you're, if you're not a rugby person, uh, all the teams at tournaments or whether it's just a game against two teams, they will get together after, celebrate, you know, talk to each other, like, you know, the friends, like you can't be friends on the field, obviously. So after the game is when all the friendlies come around. And then uh, driving home uh, around 1 a.m., I, I was just driving home. It's A Straight line, pretty much all the way home, coming from uh, Wilmington up to Kennett. And I just dozed off behind the wheel, pretty much at the state border of Pennsylvania and Delaware. Uh, At this point, uh, I go just, if the road's going straight, I just slowly start to go off to the left. And funny, I mentioned the PA-Delaware border. I actually run into that sign. I then hit a tree and I do a 180. My seatbelt saves my life by keeping me strapped in place but at the same time cuts me very very deep uh the airbag goes off hits me hits me in my forehead i don't remember much of this even even after the crash it's just it was such a large blow that i was out um i had a big gash in my forehead from the airbag hitting me i was bleeding really badly internally and outside of me um the this is the craziest thing about it all is my uh my either my phone or my car called the police for me. I was in no condition to do so. Um, there happened to be a state trooper on the same road that I was on about four or five minutes up the road. Um, and then they got they received the call, they dispatched an ambulance as well. Ambulance again, very, very lucky. Um, I was around seven to eight minutes from Longwood Gardens. And if you don't know the place, they, they do have their own ambulance and fire trucks. Very, very lucky and fortunate for that to be close. And the police officer, I get cut out of my car. There's glass, branches, leaves, blood everywhere. Um, I get I get put in an ambulance and then I and I pass out from blood loss. And that's where I get taken to the hospital shortly. I have a four hour trauma surgery waiting for me. And to sum that up, I have around 20. I had around 20 some staples. Keeping me together. They had to cut open pretty much from just below my belly button to my sternum because they needed to find where I was bleeding. Um, and then, yeah, to sum up the surgery, it was around two feet of my intestines taken out because they were damaged, cut, bleeding, whatever. Um, half of my bowel, don't want to get too much into the details about that, but not fun losing. Uh, and then my appendix was damaged, which obviously people get them taken out all the time. Not the biggest deal, but it was damaged. So my surgeon said he took it out anyways, and then just a lot of sewing things up and stop internal bleeding. And then, yeah, like I said, I have a large line from my sternum to just below my belly button where there was 20 some staples.
0: So you have extreme trauma to the core, uh, your, your intestines and everything else you get a lot of stuff removed permanently.
1: Uh, oh, did yeah. you have
0: any other like brain, like brain injuries, concussions, anything else that you're dealing with dislocations, broken bones?
1: So no, I got, I got very, very fortunate and lucky. In that sense, um, the only other injuries that are you could still see besides the scar, the maybe minor red coloring on my forehead from the gash, but if that, I honestly think that the stitches from the Philly Tens tournament are still there more than that. And then I just uh, my hand, if you can see a little bit of it. Yeah, it was just a bunch of cuts, and then I had I think I had like three stitches in my hand. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the really the only things that f- uh, physically you can see wise um and then i would say for for a couple months after um just just mentally i think it was a lot worse uh, i would i would go to bed or or i would just like be alone with my thoughts in the hospital bed in the hospital room and like I, I would just see my arms and legs covered in blood like how they were from the crash i would wake up from nightmares and sweats just like seeing that thinking i was back in the car it was terrifying you know i mean
0: you had a very traumatic thing happen to you and life-threatening, uh, injuries for, especially with the internal bleeding and everything that they had. Um, so how long was the physical recovery from coming back from something like that?
1: So I, I was given a bunch of different timeframes. Um, obviously the, the thing I was getting told a lot was, uh, you're 22, your body's going to heal fast, but uh, I was given around a a six month timeframe until I was fully cleared. Um, uh, a lot of complications due to surgery I had, um, I had fluid that was being found Near and in my lung um, Near my liver And uh, my diaphragm And it was it was becoming infected So I had to go back to the hospital twice Actually, so a, a month and a half Of said physical recovery Was just me Sitting in a hospital bed Physically, I would get up and do my walks Every single day, I would do so many laps I would walk up and down stairs Every time I saw my, uh, my PT and, uh, but just sitting in the hospital bed was where I, when I couldn't move and I had these breathing and not breathing tubes, but, um, I would get all my fluids cause I wasn't allowed to eat for certain parts of it. My physical recovery was supposed to be six months, but during my second visit, uh, they said I had COVID, but they said it was, um, I was asymptomatic, not showing any symptoms, but they put, they put me in a room for the quarantine 14 days. My mom, my stepdad, my close friends, all my family, no one was allowed to visit, even though they said I was asymptomatic. Then they started to blame a lot of my things that were happening to me while I was in the COVID room on COVID. Pretty conflicting things. And then um, I couldn't eat for around those two weeks, maybe another week after I dropped as low as 120, 130 pounds. Uh, So I think maybe some of my physical recovery got pushed back because of that. I, I don't remember being 120 pounds, maybe since middle school. <laughs> and it was yeah. all just losing muscle because I, I was just laying in a bed all day.
0: So you're it would get pushed back to like seven and a half months before you were fully cleared by that point.
1: Well, see, the thing is, is when I kept going in and out of the hospital, they, they wouldn't update my timeframe really. So I don't really know if it's a good thing to admit, but the moment I was out of the hospital the third time, I didn't start workouts, no, but I, I would go on walks just to like, I made it to the other side of my neighborhood at the other entrance. And I was like, this is, this is great. Like, this is huge for me before I was only walking hallways. And, you know, the moment I started getting comfortable doing walks, I would take them longer and longer, you know, even if it was a hot day. Cause you know, I got out in, in August and September, hot day, walk, walk. Uh, I would make it so far because I just wanted to get back back to normal so badly I would make it as far as I could walk with no plan on turning around and going home and then I'd call someone and be like you need to pick me up I can't make it home because I was just so determined to get back to where I was
0: now outside of like the physical side pushing yourself because you wanted to get back to where you were what was your mindset shift maybe waking up in the hospital and then maybe a few months later
1: (sighs) Waking up in the hospital, the first thing uh, I I immediately thought was, well, obviously, uh, ow, my body's sore. But uh, mentally wise, I I was just like, I'm a perfectionist. I I like to be hard on myself. I woke up, saw tubes, saw my family around me, super, super concerned, looks I've never seen before. And the first thing I honestly thought of was just, oh, you messed up. I I don't know why. I just that was it i was i woke up and was like yeah you did something wrong um Yeah. yeah being in the hospital i had i had darker days like that where it was like you know especially when i got down to like the 120s 130s where like people people would come in to visit me close friends family um they would they would see me at this weight and like almost be moved to tears some people were in tears some people would just do the whole cover their face like oh my gosh i can't believe you look like this and it was something about being seen like that and their reactions of like they just knew i wasn't capable of doing the other things because i was so frail and skinny and i just i never wanted someone to look at me like that again and it just in a weird sense kind of fired me up And, and then ever since i got out of the hospital and completely knew i was done going back of course um it's just been like someone lit a fire under me you know if i take a rest day when it's no lifts it's like i'll be laying in bed at eight and go yeah i didn't do enough today and i'll just go get up and run or if i you know I don't, i'm don't, i not sore enough for my workout looks like it's go, going back to the gym for round two
0: so it sounds like you know to spin some some humor into this really dark thing you went from being goofy, you were goofy you were serious in a lot oh, of yeah. points you you when, when, I, when you hit the field you're, you had your game face on but you went from being kind of goofy and everything was great to you almost went to david goggins-esque
1: mentality oh yeah oh yeah i mean it's it's hard to to fit it all i would say into like one one podcast episode but just like i was saying we're like i no one was able to visit me if a nurse had to come and they had to put on like a hazmat looking suit just to visit me and when you're alone in a room where the, sh- the shades were shut, like I wasn't getting any sunlight in or anything. Like when you sit alone with your thoughts, you can, you can get pretty motivated. You can, you can break your own ego down, you know, and you can really change as a person. You can really change some of your core values. And Absolutely. for me, I realized I was like, I, I joke around a lot. I used to, I still, I keep it. I never lose that side, but Uh, it was something about being put in perspective that you could lose all of that in one moment. Like I almost did. Uh, Thank God I didn't, but you know, it was, it was, you got to take a lot, everything a lot more serious. You can still have the fun side, but at the end of the day, you gotta be, you gotta be an adult and you gotta be serious about a lot of things.
0: Now would, is there a thing that like, you feel like would describe this post post, accident is there like a, a phrase or word that you've been referring to it as or yeah you think, like kind of I, like, a, like a mario one-up or like an, a bonus life
1: i would call it a bonus life yeah but the one word that always stuck out to me was uh unbreakable it was it was i saw the lowest of the lows and right now i've i've been so motivated and, and working so hard that i know that the highs of the highs are just around the corner
0: and you already kind of talked about how you you've changed your mindset to you still, you still want to be humorous. You still want to be fun, but you realize maybe some things need to be more serious and you you still joke around You you, know, you and I talked for 30 minutes before this joking around, <laughs> but yeah. is there any other major part of you that thinks differently?
1: Um, yeah, definitely. I, I mean, like I said, I, I graduated with, with the education and, uh, at first when I was like doing things like student teaching or field experience, which is, it's like a mini form of student teaching. Instead of going five days a week, every day, you would go like once or twice a week for over a couple months. But I was, I I would like the kids to see me as like this friendly, like always going out of the way. Like I'm just a joking guy to like, now when I have my kids in my classroom, like they know that there's, they're serious, Mr. Gilden. There's the joking around and like, even though I see, I hope they see us as friend to friend at the end of the day, they know that when I get serious, it's time for them to get serious. And it's always teacher student.
0: And I, I love the teaching side because I remember about a year ago, uh, probably almost to the day, honestly, maybe a, a month before you and I had a long conversation. It was before the accident happened. Of, you were just going through some things in your senior year and uh, thinking about teaching uh, and what you were getting into, but you know, getting to the point where you're serious about it and serious about these kids lives and learning is, is something important to you. But what I think is a great thing for you is the fact that you're a coach now. So how about some things with that?
1: Yep. Yeah. Like you said, I, I, I coach, um, I've helped out with a lot of different like youth teams, whether it was like a just a youth club that I wasn't a part of rugby wise, or if it was like JV or the U15 of the, of the school or club that I was at. But, um, yeah, I, I coached at my school. So what my school is, it's a private school and it has grades K through 12. Now I'm in the lower school, but um, I coached the middle school basketball team this past uh, like winter from around late December to just as of Valentine's Day. Yesterday, we had our last game, Um, oh, man, they gave me something to look forward to every single day. Um I wanted to be such a great coach. Again, I, these, guy, these guys saw me as their friend, but when it was time for serious game time practice, it was like, all right, now he's coach again. And the other thing with like coaching and, and teaching is um, I have this one thing that I always say to myself, which I actually used to say in a different way. And it was be the person your dog thinks you are because you know how every time you come home your dog is so excited to see you it's like this you're the greatest person i'm so thankful you came home like you're the you're my best friend i changed that statement to be who my students think i am so when i'm not at school and you know i'm making decisions on the fly in public in private i take that half second where i'm like do my students see me as this good person if i did this or or is this what they would want me to do or just any kind of mindset like that, and it's really just turned things around for me. Much more positive, much more just. I like I have so much love for everything. I used to have definitely a lot more of a negative mindset, glass half empty type mindset. But um, yeah, these these kids definitely changed me for the best.
0: Yeah, as as terrible as everything that you went through is the. I feel like the impact you're making on some young athletes and the especially the the future of rugby having a coach that has such a different perspective on life because of what they went through and being unbreakable is, is going to form them into you know future U23 players when USA U23 becomes a thing and uh, getting future caps
1: I would it would be just such such an honor to see anyone in any sport I've had achieve a next level or just go to the next level, not let alone achieving something at the next level, whether it be college, national team, professional, man, that would just, see, I mean, you can see my smile just talking about it, man. Like yeah. I, that would be so awesome to me.
0: Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you want to read it, but I, you put on your Instagram a few days ago, they made this like awesome card for you.
1: Yep. Yep. So we had last game and they called me over um and a huddle before the game and they they said you know we have something for you we want to give you this um we we had such a fun time this season and it was a card that they all signed names and numbers it was from the team and the parents um I'll read the card and then I also have a whistle that says best coach ever on one side with a lanyard that says best coach ever um on the other side it says a great coach is hard to find but impossible to forget um, they gave me a keychain that said behind every player who believes in themselves is a coach who believed in them first. Um, and it's just things like that. It's little things like that, that stand out to me that, you know, I have coaches that I would think of in that manner. And it's, it's just so crazy to see them hold me in the same group that I've hold other, I've held other people in my life. Cause I've had, we've had some pretty great coaches and you know. Getting put into a group with them, even though they don't know they did that, is just amazing. And then uh, with the card, it, it just said on the front, it said, Coach, you're the greatest. And then this is where it really got me is um, it said, Coach G, thank you for an amazing basketball season. You're a great coach, and you can really see that your heart is in it. You have made such a positive impact on our team. Thank you so much for spending the time to help us improve, and we can't wait until next season, your middle school basketball team and parents. I think
0: the the community gift back that you took this event and reshaped your life is the, the biggest reward. Cause I, I know this is going to be an audio only episode, but you can see on your face like, as you talked more and more about the youth programs you're involved in and even your students and just how much you light up. And
1: Yeah, you know, no, it's it man helping these kids and seeing them smile, laugh, have fun. I mean, I I think I sent the text to my mom or dad or maybe both of them. It was just like moments like these where I get these cards, these thank yous or like even when a parent, even if it's a five second interaction where they drag me aside and they just say, hey, man, like, thank you so much for what you're doing. It just it makes everything so worth it, like all the tests, the hours studying, even seeing like the the senior year when I called you and I said, I I wasn't even sure if this is what I still want to do because I just didn't have the right people around me in school as professors or an advisor and I just I'm so glad I had such a supportive group outside of it because these moments are just awesome I mean man to be honest yeah I'm a dude and all but I got this card and whistle and I I barely made it outside to my car before I I had a tear go down one side I was like man like this is what I've wanted for the four years I was at school
0: yeah I, I think like when it comes to fulfillment there's well, one, I'm not gonna say that men men shouldn't cry at all. I think that's BS. No, I, I absolutely think, not. I think that's that's a complete BS thing. But I think the 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 pride, the the joy in your work and that sense of fulfillment just man, you can't hold that in. No. You I. Got, mean, you gotta let it come out.
1: I mean, man, when I when I had when I started tearing up here, it wasn't that my pride was damaged. My pride was like tripled, quadrupled. Like I had a group of middle schoolers, parents, and others. Mm-hmm tell me that I i had I did a great thing and the other thing the one line that got me into that card was it was like the third line that said you we can tell that your heart's in it and I just ooh, that's not good yeah we got it <laughs> uh yeah it just those moments like that are just they they make everything worth it and when when I get told that like my heart's in it or it's, they can tell that my heart's in it. It just makes me so happy because, you know, there's always those people, those friends you have in certain times of your life where they're like, oh, you're doing this now. I could never see that. And if you talk to half the people that went to college with me, they're like, you're, you're teaching. You're, oh, I, those kids probably aren't learning or those kids are, I feel bad for them. Like, obviously they're joking, but it's like, yeah, it's like, man, you don't see, I, I just got a, a card and a whistle that I, I'm going to use this whistle until it breaks.
0: <laughs> yeah, and then it'll go on the shelf and like be, not, be displayed oh yeah. where you can never see it. It's never
1: going away. It's never yeah. going away.
0: So with our time limit being reached, because we did have to switch platforms today, let's we get a re- I feel like we're going to get a really cool spin on our 3F questions. So how does your family life keep you successful with
1: everything that happened? How does my family life? Uh, man, me and my family... We just stay close. We always got each other. I feel like everyone likes to say it about their family. You know, we're always close. We have each other's backs through everything and anything, but not just with me and, and what I experienced over the summer, but with, like, man, we had a lot of things happen to us, you know, almost every family member. And it only brought us closer. It only made us stronger. And now we know how to deal with these types of situations, man. Like, it wasn't just me, it, but my family did hit did deal with a bunch of hospital situations. Yeah. We're all fine, we're all good, but man, it was it was nonstop end of the year in and out of those of those hospital rooms and hallways. And we all made it out and we're all better because of it.
0: And how you know you said you used to be really negative and you're really positive now. What do you do to keep it
1: positive? I just, you know, as silly as it seems, I just the little things, I used to let the the little things hurt me or damage me or set me back like they were something huge i do the exact opposite now i wake up i see the sun i'm like oh let's go sun's out it's going to be a great day you know this day can't get better you know i'm in traffic i hit i hit a green light i hit a green light or two green lights in a row on the way to work i'm like that oh, this day is this day is awesome but it's like i'd have i'm what i'm saving what 30 seconds of time yeah just celebrate little things you know don't dwell on these things that happened in the past. I was like, like I said, I'm a perfectionist. I, I I have to do everything perfectly or I'll, I'll eat myself up.
0: So moving to the next question, how does fitness improve your life and what do you do to stay fit?
1: Fitness improves my life for me mentally helps. I, I love it. Just being able to go to the gym and exercise. I just, you know, if it's a hard situation or a hard day going to the gym, I know after it, I'll get everything out there. I'll leave it there. I don't bring it home with me. I don't bring it to work with me. Um, other thing with fitness is that, honestly, I have a lot of friendships through it. I used to work at one. I used to work at a gym in, in uh, college. Made so many friends through there that it started out as, oh, hey, bro, like, you're lifting a lot. You need a spot. And now it's like, I had, I had a handful of them come visit me in the hospital. Like, fitness is, it's not just fitness. It's a whole community that we all help each other and you know how do i keep myself in shape um i i'm you know i've at least me i've been working out for a decent amount of time i know what to do what muscle group what workout you know and then cardio i just look back at different rugby uh conditioning plans i've been sent or i just try to run no matter what i do yeah. i try to get any kind of movement in like a 45 minute thing whether that's like It could be a kettlebell workout, not specific, not specified towards one muscle group. It could be a walk around the neighborhood with my mom. When she gets a break from work, it could be, you know, head over to the high school, run a mile, do some sprints. It's whatever it is. As long as it makes me like, when I get that activity done, I just feel so much better.
0: So last question would be, and I want you to kind of think about this with how you used to be to now too. what would be your biggest piece of financial advice?
1: my biggest piece of financial advice i would say before i would just i would kind of spend money on a lot of things that provided short-term happiness whether that be something like i don't know a, a video game like a brand new video game that i might play for seven days and get bored of or whether it be like like going to the bar with a friend like three times a week after work. It just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense to spend. Like what I also did was it was a a bunch of little amounts where it was like, Oh, that's like $2. I would make like five $2 things in like a two hour span and be like, well, they were only $2. It's not much. But then I look at it and like, that's 10 to $20. If I do that a lot in one day, or if it's like, you know, I, I would get caught up on that, but now it's like, You know, I I look for longer term happiness, whether it's like, like for me, uh, for money right now is I want to, I want to buy everything I can for my classroom. If we're lacking in any, any kind of thing, even though that money's not towards me, I know it's going to something good and it makes me feel great. And well, you know, pencils, papers, scissors, things like that. They're not crazy expensive. So I know I'm not, you know, blowing money on something that I don't need, or I'm not going to use a lot. Like a big thing for me, I can definitely say this was. Uh, this is definitely a 22 year old response, but um, like in high school, college, it was like like I said earlier, it was like new video game. It was big thing was new consoles. Like, dude, there's so many things coming out. And I'm like, I don't I don't even play video games anymore. Like, I, why would I go and spend the five hundred dollars just to look at better graphics for the once a month I play it? You yeah. know, just as an example like that,
0: <clears throat> I will say I'm pretty sure you're wearing a gaming headset right now, though. <laughs>
1: that I got for Christmas in high school. <laughs> so that's like over five years ago. But And you well, could tell because the the they're ripping on the side.
0: <laughs> well, I think you're able to give a lot of people a different view uh, coming out of something. I like your name uh, that you've given it, Unbreakable. That's going to be the name of the episode. So I want to say thank you for coming on and giving everyone a, a different view, a different style of episode than we're used to because – you have been through such a hard thing and you now have this bonus life because you're unbreakable.
1: Yeah. It's, 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 it's just crazy how, I mean, how much I changed. I mean, it felt like that, that whole, I call it the battle with the hospital and battle with everything that felt to me, that felt like a whole year long. In reality, I was in the hospital for like a month and a half total. And then I couldn't go to the gym for like two months. It's been a half a year, a little over a half a year, and I've had this much of a difference in me. It is so crazy to see. I meet with old friends, like for example, I met up with some friends for the uh, Super Bowl, and they were like, "They're like, this is not the same you." I'm like, uh, "I know. I don't want it to be."
0: That's good. People, yeah, right? We need to change. We need to grow. We need to improve and mature.
1: Hmm. And I, I will. I will say this: the one thing that definitely hit home and was like change for the better was. Every day when I go to and from work, I actually have to pass the site where it happened. I pass it twice a day at a minimum. It's just—it's just a wake-up call. It's a reminder every day when I pass it to just be the kid my students see me as. (laughs) I I love that line, even though it's sillier when it's you know be the person your dog thinks you are. But I just—I love that line for my scenario.
0: Yeah. And I'm, I'm going to make sure that that gets written down for everyone to read in the show notes, but I think that's very pow- powerful.
1: Yeah. It, it was that. And then, and then one quote from Conor McGregor that I, I don't remember the exact word for word thing, but just to like summarize it, it was like my lack of commitment for what say it was this recovery or just for me setting my mind to something. If I have a lack of commitment that's that's letting down everyone that believes in me. Yeah. Like everyone around me, including you and family know that I can achieve great things. You guys have seen me at up here. Like how, how can I quit when I know I have so much more in me?
0: Yeah, that's, I will say that's very similar how I feel. So thank you so much for everything you've given to us today. And I look forward to keep talking to you as always, because yeah. you know we're close friends.
1: Of course, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's it's been it's an honor.
0: All right. Well, thank you, man. We'll talk to you soon.
1: See you.